Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Delta X podcast with Ellen Shu. These are conversations with changemakers, innovators, and self-starters who have made their mark on the world at a young age. Breaking down the journeys of those who are changing the status quo and building the future today. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Welcome back to Delta X Podcast. I'm your host, Ellen Shu, and today I'm talking with someone who you might have seen around the Twitter community. Um, and this guest is actually suggested by one of the Delta X Podcast listeners. So shout out to Ankar if you're listening to this. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited to be talking with Aryan today. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm excited. I've been involved parallelly with tech since I was 12 or 13. Um, I, I read a bunch of books um, about Steve Jobs and and you know all of those classic biographies which get most people inspired. Um, and that's how I discovered sort of this other side of the world. Um, and and tech. So that that was what I discovered. All of these interesting stories of people who've used tech or or done something with tech to actually build build like a large company or or build something that reaches billions of people every day but tech has has sort of always been around me like my after school activity in primary school was like opening up pcs and and like devices and like toasters and any and literally any like device that i could get access to with a screwdriver just like open it up break it um yeah i mean i've i've been i've had issues because of that because i i broke a lot of tech everywhere i went but that's how i learned so I have always been around tech um, and naturally with that interest that developed, I got deep into the startup ecosystem, worked with a bunch of founders for a few months just to understand how they operate. So I'm I'm like cold emailing is probably the only skill that I knew at that point. And that, that is what has helped me get through almost everywhere, basically. And once I became a little bit like I had a little bit of confidence that I can do stuff on my own, built a small company in high school then went on to do some more stuff um after that healthcare uh helped build a few small companies and yeah i'm continuing to do that now it's in web3 uh built in, in a few different sectors before but i'm excited to be continuing to like build interesting stuff because that's that's what i do and i have fun doing it mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and definitely want to touch more upon Web3 later down along the line of this conversation. Um, but yeah, you mentioned a lot about building. And so, uh, like, what's kind of your philosophy behind building? Like, first of all, why build? And also, uh, second of all, I've uh, seen you built like a lot of these projects, um, like from like web apps to find jobs at YZ companies to a bunch of other uh, like projects. Um, so like, how, how do you manage to build these as well? So I guess if you could touch upon the why and how that. Yeah, I think there's like a macro answer to building in in like f- like from first principles, which is um, anything that you use is like it's built by someone. So the the whole so I I look at any sort of progress that happens in two ways. One is you discover knowledge to enable that progress, which is more on on the research side of it. You you figure out things, you do observational experiments, control experiments, understand how how things happen, build up like a- anything which you build up from. Um, and, and like figure something out. And then mm-hmm. once you have that knowledge base, which is like hundreds of research papers that are lying in, in like shelves of these offices, um, which nobody like pays attention to, um, th- there's this whole element of engineering, which is figuring out whatever we've discovered and then actually improving 
people's lives with it like it, it can be something as small as figuring out um, something new on the internet and then and then using it to like improve network efficiency for twitter or like for people who are using social media or sms etc but that, that's what i think is is the role of builders or or engineers in the world basically which is you bridge the gap between knowledge that is being discovered knowledge that exists and um the the impact that it's causing in the lives of real people which is probably the biggest gap because like we have a lot of research which is not touched upon and we have a lot of problems in the world that that people always love um shouting about but th- there's like a huge white space in between which is how do you build bridges and and connect um knowledge to solutions so I, th- that's like the ba- macro sort of a uh, reason why people build why 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 i think i build and why i would want to continue to build uh, for me personally i think i just have fun um thinking about an idea and then translating it into something interesting which i can um sort of change and tweak and see it affect people in real time so i mean if, if when i build a product and then they're like maybe a thousand people using it and then i do a tweak and then i see a behavior change happening because of that product it's it's kind of my way to um control or or like channelize a world view into the world which is i think something should be done in this way and my product is the way i get that idea out to most people um you and and this can be done like that's that's what most people try to do it can have different forms like content creators might do it through stories um i like to do it as a product builder through products that i put out in the world um and and i have fun doing that so i think that's that's like a macro and micro lens about this um in terms of ideas and why and how i do them i think a lot of stuff that i've built it's it's been random at first which is i just come across something i think it it would be an interesting product or an interesting thing for someone to use most likely i built something that i would want to use and then i figure out that maybe a few other people would like it um but the other thing that has happened now is after i built a bunch of these random projects which maybe like 10 people used or 50 people used um it became like i mean i know how to build stuff now um but i should build relevant stuff which is actually solving a problem or like just helping people like it, it should be useful in some sense not just like a funny hack that you like go and bump rainbows in the air so it now it's it's become a little more thought like thought driven which is um is there a space in the market or is there a behavior that's happening that i think can be improved and it is important um to solve for that um and then can i align my energy and resources to kind of build something interesting in that space mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can I can see what you meant before by you know like the intersection between building and also the startup ecosystem like what you mentioned with um like you actually have to be helping people or like creating useful things and really being in touch with the people you're trying to help um and continuing to iterate off of that. Um so I think this relates a lot to you know like the framework of building in public which has been on the rise lately because of like Twitter and a lot of people uh, at companies now um especially have been kind of instead of doing things internally they're putting everything out there on the internet and getting feedback directly from people on twitter just like everyday people from comments from everything like that and i've always thought this is really interesting like this build launch framework that's like really fast iterations and this continuous like cycle like feedback loop as well can you talk about like what your thoughts are on building in public uh, where this is going to go and how how people can best leverage this yeah i think it's interesting because i I think the best way I can illustrate this is I I saw this video uh, by Shan Puri recently where he he's basically he's talking about his story and I, in, at some point I think he says that um I when he built his first company he 
he built it and then he sold it and after he sold the company he realized that the outcome that he got was much lesser than the outcome he could have potentially been like received because he was an engineer who knew how to build a product not a leader who knew how to build a company and the difference between those two things is engineers know how to figure out product and and like make it efficient make it functionally capable and then um leaders or people who build large organizations they know how to do distribution and in in sort of this world of tech now um the biggest data point to understand why distribution is important is if you look at the numbers of um like the income of influencers and and content creators on the internet it's it's been on an exponential curve for the past 3 years and that is because people have realized that ads don't work as well as they used to because mm-hmm. it's i mean ads are bad like who likes ads anyways <laughs> but you still want to get attention like when you have a product you want it want to get it out to a large number of people and um attention in any form like gather, getting it through an influencer getting it through twitter threads getting it through a podcast whatever it is that is very valuable for these companies who want to get in front of people and the biggest like and all of these data points like influencer num- income ad spend all of the proof that attention is very very valuable and i think the reason you should build in public or or any sort of public activity it's for you personally it's it's a big career leverage or a big leverage as a builder or or anybody who's like creating anything because without that distribution you can build the best thing in the world and nobody will know about it and mm-hmm. with distribution you can use a lot of the network effects and the support that you get with a network to kind of build something which is maybe not the best in the world but because of that distribution it becomes the leader in that space and i think that's like for, for at a personal level at, at a sort of broader level um it's like if if you don't have distribution you you don't have a say in the market like you like the, the only way you will understand more about the market the way you will understand more about how people work is by going out there posting stuff engaging with people learning about them and and seeing how things work now like the biggest advantage that i think my twitter has is um in any sort of like i run micro experiments on my twitter all the time like i'll post a poll or i'll link people somewhere and then put a tag on that link to figure out how many actually click through like see graphs and stuff because i think e- even though it's like a very specific narrow data point or a very specific audience there's still things that i can learn by experimenting uh with that audience so i think that that's the reason i think building in public is powerful um, and eventually like that that's why i mean in every industry like you saw a16z launch their own media arm because in a very specific sector of just finding great founders it's really hard to get to great founders now because they can be in like they can be in a village in india and a16z would never be able to find them if they don't build a huge media arm which does distribution for them and builds those connections and relationships with people so in i mean i think that's that's the future where every like i don't think large scale media publications will be a thing except a few top blue chip ones which like cover everything it'll be every company every individual every sort of startup every organization having their own media arms which are responsible for building these one on one direct relationships with people mm-hmm. yeah i think one thing that you talked about um like the like value creation even by engineers and like you know when you think about creators uh like in the past at least we thought about um like writers or like people who are directly producing content but uh based on what you're talking about it sounds like a lot of people who are like engineers or like uh people in tech can even become their own creators through this like build in public like mentality 
um, and putting putting their journey out there um, and like being able to monetize or perhaps monetize isn't the right word, but like being able to um, get value out of uh, like pieces of their journey and putting that um, on their internet rather than just like the product itself. On that line, like the, the important bit about people building in public is that there's a very unique trust that's built between um, the audience and and like humans that are talking about a story on social media mm-hmm. uh, that 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 same connect never develops with a brand like if 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 like a brand puts up a billboard in a city people just like walk through and they will maybe notice the brand versus you see a story being broadcasted on a billboard where, where like a human is talking and a human is doing things so there's a special connect that you feel with humans and with with this wave of people trying to create their own personal brands trying to build in public the the core essence is they're they're trying to build this trust um, with people that they want to work with, network with, learn from. Um, and, and that is very unique to people. So it's, it's a very interesting um, th- behavior that social media specifically unlocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've, you've been doing this very well too with your Twitter. Um, I just checked today morning actually. And uh, it's really, it's really impressive that you have like almost 10,000 followers. Um, so yeah, how have you uh, been also like built in public? How does that, how, how has that been like for you? Uh, and personally, as someone um, like I don't build in public, I haven't tried it before. Um, but yeah, would you would you suggest it? Um, and like, what what value has that brought into yourself? Um, I I think I've not done that very actively. So for me, it's it's been more like um, I it's like my thought diary. Like I post stuff that I find interesting. I I talk uh-huh. about ideas that I find relevant. Um, and I and I share stuff that I I build or I share stuff that I my friends build and things that I generally feel are important um so it's not been a very active like thing and i think that that's how it's for most people right because um i this is my personal belief at least that if you want to make interesting content or just be an interesting human you can't do content like a full as a full-time job like you the interesting element of content that you create has to be derived from a from something that you're doing outside of content so the like the, the so i do interesting stuff in real life and then that that's what leads to creation of interesting content so stories from there become interesting pieces of content um and i think for me personally what it's done is one it's given me all of these people that i can now build for and directly like ship products to and and just like have a community um and the other thing is it unlocks a lot of opportunities for you indirectly so the way i look at twitter is is that it's like this it's, it's this top of the funnel um, sort of channel to get opportunities where people will ping you, connections will ping you, you will you'll come across a lot of referral based opportunities, etc. And then you keep filtering those down to eventually get to like a few things which are really nice and that 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 are helpful to you. Um, so that that's been the biggest um, benefit. Like I've I've made a lot of interesting connections. I've met most interesting um, like in in the past one year probably 99% of all interesting people that I've met are because of Twitter. So that, that that's what it's done for me. And I think yeah, I would, I would recommend it to everyone. It's just that don't take the pressure of building in public. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just do things that you find interesting in real life and use this as a channel to talk about those things and talk about ideas that you find irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you've also had a lot of interesting ideas on your Twitter um, if you don't mind, I'll actually read one out right now that I found um, on your on your account in case some of the listeners haven't uh, been on your Twitter before. Uh, but you recently posted a large number of future of work ideas have been reshaped via DAOs and a large number of owning your distribution ideas have been reshaped via NFTs. Um, ideas are not new. The medium is. 
thought this is a really interesting um, tweet. Um, and so since you're here already, uh, could you explain a bit behind like your thought process behind this and like your thoughts on Web3 in general? Yeah, um, I think so a lot of people today look at Web3 as an, as an isolated market. Um, and that's maybe because we're all engineers and as an engineer, I would also look at it as an isolated market because it's, it's fundamentally sort of different tech and a kind of a different world um, just from, from a tech, technical perspective. But when you look at the user side of things where, where what, what Web3 products are people using and what are ideas that people have around using Web3 products, um, the behavior has been existing for years and, and that's like a fundamental truth about the markets. You can't build, you can't create a new behavior. You have to ride on waves of behavior in the market um, and, and the form of serving to that behavior keeps changing. So when you, when you look at DAOs, basically, like I posted a thread today about DAOs as well. Um, communities that have done things together have existed forever. Like they've existed in the physical form, they've existed on the internet, they've existed in like as, as far as humans have existed, communities for doing things together and acting collectively have existed. And the only difference, like what, what DAOs have enabled is, is put a structure around those communities. So earlier in Web2, where you had like these long um, Discord chats and long, dis like big Discord servers, big Telegram groups, etc. They were all organized. People were like disorganized. People were doing things manually. There was no structure, no um, sort of trustless layer where you still relied on humans, which induces inefficiency in the system. Um, what Web3 has done for that space or for that specific market is build a structure with tokens, build a structure with governance, build a structure, uh, which, which now we call DAOs and is like a fancy word, but it's basically structured um, and, and built systems and tools around serving the same need in a much better manner. And that, that's, that's the same case with NFTs. Like you, the reason people launch NFT collection today is so that you can, you can get patrons, you can get people who believe in you early and then keep rewarding them over time as you continue to build a project or, or like, if it's a PFP collection, I don't know what that means, but uh, like it's it's basically a utility. But that that's what the premise of NFTs primarily is. So again, it's a it's a similar need. People have always wanted early believers. They existed in the form of angel investors. They can exist in the form of NFT holders. It, it's the same need, but it's it's better structured. It's more fluid. It's it's more easier um, to kind of get started and and faster and easier to manage. So. I think that's that's the like, truth with everything. You you don't look at Web two versus Web three. Look at Web three as an extension of the markets that existed before, and that that's also why I think a lot of activity that's happening in Web three right now, or or any new market basically, is a lot of it is useless. Like it's it's not it's not needed as of now. There are a few core needs which center around these needs that have always existed, which need a lot of work and innovation, but a lot of things that we're building on the side are just noise. So mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of a useful filter to cut down the noise as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just to give a bit of background to anyone listening, in case you haven't heard of these terms before. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Aryan, since you're, uh, since you're probably much more knowledgeable than me in this space, but DAOs are decentralized autonomous organizations, I believe, and NFTs, um, you've probably seen the hype already on Twitter or whatever, um, but they're non-fungible tokens. And so they're basically a way to like monetize uh, art in a new way. Um, I also like like this uh, this idea you brought up of like Web3 as a kind of natural evolution. Um, and it's not like reinventing the wheel, but it's just creating a new um, like framework for people to be able to um, like work, work on people, work on these things at a large scale and do so in a way that's um, like economically beneficial. Um, and yeah, so I wanted to dive into more of these like kind of 
theories, like take a step back and look at the theories behind Web3. I know there's a lot of decentralization, a lot of uh, like monetization, um, also like game theory. We also talked about this briefly in our conversation. Um, yeah, like what are, what are your thoughts about these uh, like umbrella ideas that are backing up this like revolution for Web3? Um, I think that the two parts, one is the, the utility lens, which I think um, is, is what most people know of, which is why is crypto better than fiat? Um, and, and I think my justification for that is it, it's maybe not better, but uh, with the growth of the internet and the amount of economic activity that's happening on the internet, um, it makes sense to have a internet native financial instrument because if you if you always rely on traditional financial instruments to do activity on the internet, you can't tap into a lot of opportunities. Like you can't do micro activity based lending or or like all of these things that that are very internet native and very application dependent. So it it like it was eventually going to happen. Some people did it in the form of their own gamified currencies on the apps already. But it it always made sense to have an internet native currency, which is some aspects of what crypto has already solved. Uh, the other lens of the broader Web three space, I think, is it's. I, I like it's in the same thread that I wrote today, but it's basically the underlying premise is to build incentive structures in a much better manner. And uh, what that means is earlier, it's again an extension of an internet native financial system. But what what what's happening in this revolution is people have realized that they want to have ownership in everything. Like if I'm using a product dedicatedly for the past five years, I want to benefit with the upside because I've been a customer for so long. I've shown my trust for so long. I just don't want to be like paying $50 a month and just like, I'm, I'm a regular user. That, that's not something that I want to do. Same, same thing with early projects, like any sort of new thing that's happening. If I see something interesting, and I want to support that thing early. I want a mechanism to, to be able to do that fluidly without having to worry about what the government does and how fiat laws work, et cetera. Um, so I think what this, this whole space has unlocked is how can we, for, for the collaboration or the activity that's happening in groups on the internet or what people want to do with each other together, how can we build better mechanisms to facilitate incentives in that? So if it's a community, if and we, the objective of the community of, of the admin who's running the community is to get more engagement, how can we build these tokens that are rewarded to users based on certain activity, which then keeps them motivated to keep doing that? Or if it's something like a, um, like a, like an NFT collection that is in, indirectly funding a startup. So a startup launches a col NFT collection and people buy that NFT collection to show support for the startup. How can we like make that interaction very, very smooth so that these people who are buying these NFTs are eventually in the future rewarded for this early support that they showed them. Um, so I, I think that that's like my 101 understanding of this space, which is it's basically better incentives, better ways mm -hmm. to give ownership to people uh, because we couldn't like eventually this was to happen. Like we're not using like our data is being monetized and used by others. Why not benefit uh, from that ourselves? So we need ownership mechanisms. And I think Web3 is, is one attempt at like facilitating that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's also really interesting the connection between like, you know, what we talked about earlier about like Twitter being a space to more actively engage with customers and like giving more power and say towards like users. And then also with what you're mentioning too, like uh, this being uh, like a underlying philosophy of Web3 that users can have more say in what they're doing. So it's not like, it seems like it's becoming more of a two-way street instead of like a one-way, like always yeah. uh, 
corporations like pushing out ideas and customers just like being customers. Um, and yeah, like I guess going more into your example with being like a longtime user of a product, um, right now, if we're a user, uh, like for example, like I don't know, Spotify or something, we keep like having a subscription, but we don't really have any like say or ownership, I guess is the idea. And correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong in this. Um, in Web3, like what would that look like then? Um, so customers, I, I'm a customer, I, I'm using like Spotify or something. Like would I have tokens? Uh, would I get to like have a vote or like a say in the overall system? Like what is that actually, or like, well, I guess since it's not exactly here yet, like what might this look like? Yeah, yeah, that's a good example. I think, um, so the way you understand that is one, how would that work in an, like, like the old world? So in the old world, Spotify would ideally start as a, as a small company, gather users. We're all a part of that, that user base that's growing. Eventually, Spotify goes to the stock exchange, gets listed, and their shares are available. Some really passionate users buy their shares. So now they're using the product and they own parts of the company, so they benefit with the upside. But that's that's like the old way to do things. Now, when you, when you kind of put the Web3 mix to this, um, you could, I mean, the simplest example would be you start using a product like Spotify and mm-hmm. um, you get tokens when you use the product. So they, they set up some sort of mechanism where every time you're using every week for certain hours, you get tokens as an, like, like a reward for using that product constantly. And those tokens keep growing in value as more users come in and more people sort of start using Spotify. And with that, with those tokens that you're being rewarded, you can unlock special privileges. So you can maybe extend your subscription because you've been a loyal customer for so long. You can like get exclusive access to a few songs before they release to the public um, with those tokens, et cetera. So, so it's kind of like a marketplace that's created within Shopify and people are motivated to kind of use Spotify more, stick to Spotify because they're being rewarded constantly. And indirectly what's happened is you've become an owner in the upside of Spotify without Spotify having to go to a traditional stock exchange and list and their share to be available. Um, And you can stick, like start from like day one when Spotify has just launched their beta to like in like once it lists and and like it's a five billion ten billion dollar company whatever um so it's that, that's like a simple example so you can do all of that and it, it's that's again it goes back to the point of having this internet native mechanism of building economic structures you couldn't have done this with fiat like if spotify asks like if they facilitate share buying in their real world company they'd be in a mess if they start giving shares to every user of spotify for just using their product. But you can do that with tokens because it's internet native and you can like embed it into their app directly. So that that's, yeah, that's like a simple, I mean, I'm sure there are other complexities and, and things involved in the process, but that's that's basically an example of what could be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just based on this like simple example, just Spotify, you know, it already sounds like really exciting, but imagine this applied towards like a bunch of their applications. Um, and I, I, I haven't read too much into Web3, but like this idea of, Web3 influencing like governance and the way we, you know, treat different relationships um, in general seems just like a, a like different like lens or like perspective shift on what we traditionally viewed as like the best way to do things. Like maybe this isn't actually uh, the only way we have to um, go about, you know, like being in a like a global marketplace or just our interactions with everything in general. Um, yeah, and and uh, it's it's also interesting to see that a lot of young people like yourself are getting into Web three. Um, yeah, how how did you get into it? Also, like what what have you been doing to like try to get involved in this like kind of complex space? Right, like it seems um, very hard uh, to get into, and 
um, like there's so much complexity that uh, like even myself, I feel like a little bit intimidated by this, by this area. Um, so yeah, how, how, how did you manage to kind of create your own, your own things in this, in this space? So I think, I've, so I've been investing in crypto for like a little over two, like around two years now. So I've, I've like kept track of the space, um, like just passively investing for a majority of time, but late last year, like quarter three, I mean, I shouldn't use quarters, but like second half of last year, um, I, I started seeing a lot of traction and like a lot of interest again in web three. And I think the unique part about, so this has happened in waves before, like 2017 was a wave, 2020 was a wave, like all of these times have been waves. And the, the unique aspect of this wave was that, um, this wave unlocked a lot of liquidity and, and what that means is basically a lot of retail investors, which is regular people, uh, like regular consumers, they got to know about crypto and they started buying crypto, which unlocked um, liquidity for people who've been holding crypto to be able to like have the option to sell and actually cash out. And, like So it, it like made the whole ecosystem a little more legit. And uh, the reason I think that's interesting is because now you can build a lot more applications at scale. Two years back when you built a crypto application, it was more like, just like a bunch of DGENs and people who've been like native and like trading and anonymous IDs and stuff like that, like a handful of people. Now you, you actually have a hundred million user market. I mean, obviously it's a little lesser, but you still have a multi-million user base to now build for. Um, and so I, I, the way I got in this space is I started looking at all these interesting projects and that's, that's just my personal philosophy where I feel the best way to learn about a space is like, rather than reading about it, just go and, and like build something in that space or like talk to real engineers who are building st stuff in that space. So I did that. I, I spoke to people who are building some of these projects. I, I like helped them in specific parts of, of these projects. Like it can be a, a small, tiny contribution, like writing a blog for them to like writing a code script for them that is running live in production, but like worked with a bunch of different projects, worked with like helped a few YouTubers and different people understand this space uh, who are like at scale. So I looked at it from the scale lens where some of these YouTubers had millions of subscribers. How would we implement a system for them and stuff like that? Um, and once I sort of did that, I sort of developed kind of a rough map uh, of what this space looks like and what is noise and what is like actually valuable. Um, and then, I mean, after that, it's it's more like you're figuring out what your interests are and then just like keep going deep into that. But it was, I, I think the complexity in this space is induced by the noise and, and the technical lingo that people have um, just because most of us are engineers, but it's philosophically very simple like it like it's ownership it's governance it's things that we've been speaking about for a long period of time but uh there's obviously you know it's it's not technically complex it's just a new way to do things so that, that's what intimidates a lot of people when they get in but i think i mean eventually people get used to it so it's, it's a part of this cycle um eventually it'll like settle mm -hmm. yeah i was also um listening to another podcast recently and uh, they were mentioning like how crypto and like web three is really an intersection of a bunch of different fields, uh, which also might like add to this complexity, um, which is like, I think it's like game theory, um, like economics, um, like technology, like all these different things are kind of coalescing. Um, and it's, it's very interesting. Like it, it might seem like you might need all this background, but like you mentioned, like the philosophy is there, like, and, and anyone, even if they have like a little bit of skills in, in any of these three areas can at least contribute in some way. Um, so what is like for you, like the best way people can get involved and be a part, if, like if they believe in Web3 and they believe that this 
um, like they're bullish on this idea, um, what should they do? Like buy an NFT, join a DAO? Uh, like what's the, what's the best way to get involved? Um, maybe I'm biased with this, but I, I think they should get involved more, like with some money at least because the whole premise of the space is like, it's money, like it's, it's new currency, it's new money. So you, you like get in, buy some tokens, just understand how wallets work, what a wallet means, what an exchange means and stuff like that. That's like step zero. Like you just do that first to, to like step into this ecosystem. Um, and then once you've done that, um, you, you're either someone who just like wants to be involved and benefit with the upside. So you hold tokens, you make money off of them, or you want to actively build and contribute to this space. Um, if, if you want to build and contribute to this space, there are, there are like a few great resources like build space, quest book, like you, you'll find infinite number of resources on the internet, but, um, it'll be intimidating to start with just like be at it for some time, like any other skill set. Um, and, and you'll, you like develop at least some way to contribute. And then, I mean, I, I don't think there's a dearth of opportunities in this space. There's like huge engineering shortage in this space right now. Um, right from like a web two company that's integrating web three into it to a completely native web three company. There's like insanely, awesome opportunities in the space with insanely high pay. So if, if like money motivates you, this is like a big economic um, incentive for you to get in this space as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, you have to be good to get to all of these things, but it's generally a great time to be in this space, um, especially for young builders, because um, there, there are two interesting reasons why you should be in this space. One is, um, this is a market which we natively understand. Like a 40-year-old founder cannot build products in this market. It has to be people like us who are building because we know and we're a part of this market. And then second, just because of the energy and momentum that's kicked in over the last year, um, your paradigm has launched a $4 billion fund, A16Z has launched a crypto fund. There's there's a lot of energy and, and like momentum behind fueling innovation in this space. So you are uniquely positioned to solve for this if you're young and there is so much support for you to be able to do that. Um, so I, I think it's it's probably one of the best places for someone to start their career if you're like a teenager in high school or like just in getting into university. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great insight. And I think something that's like stopping a lot of people, at least like what it seems like to be stopping a lot of people is just this unfamiliarity because it is so new. Um, and it's, I think one thing that's important to keep in mind is that when like web 2.0 or like web 1.0, the internet was just launching, um, everything was unfamiliar and it's like very, very hard to imagine. Like it seems like a big risk to take, but actually it's a bigger risk to not really get involved um, if it is this like cusp of something new. And um, yeah, I think that's that's a really good point. And um, yeah, and also I, I would also say like if you're getting into space, be prepared with the risk because there there will be times in this market where you'll feel everything is gone. Like tokens have collapsed. There's no energy. Um, everything seems to be failing. This whole space seems like a scam. Uh, but that's part of innovation cycles, and and that's going to happen at some point. Um, but the the biggest data point to look for in this space is the number of smart people who are getting into this space and building stuff. Um, the like that, that's how markets work. Like mar- markets go behind smart people and and where innovation is happening. So if there are 100 million smart people who are building in crypto even if the markets fail and all the tokens in the world collapse, it'll eventually come out on, on the brighter side just because people are doing great work in this space. I've heard a lot of times crypto has been described as like a shelling point or just like where like the convergence of all these different ideas and a lot of people are moving towards this, this, this area. And so like going along with that, uh, just like hypothetically, if you had half a million dollars, which might not be so hypothetical now, what would you do with it? 
I, I actually have an on paper plan to do that because I've, I've actually considered um, raising money and doing it. So uh-huh. I, I have a technical answer, but I, I'll just like give you like the broader idea, which is um, I I know I will like, I mean, it's obvious I, I would build something like that's That's like what I would do in, in like with any sort of money. But um, what I would do is I would put a hacker house in one of these tech hubs invite all my friends and and like all the smart people that i know because i mean eventually the purpose of capital in in any startup ecosystem is just to be able to afford the right set of people and resources so it's like gathering and that's where my distribution is an advantage because some people now want to work with me and i i have connections to some people just gather everyone together use these resources to fund uh, gathering them and, and like supporting them um, and then like once you have a bunch of smart people together and and like a direction to go in like you just start building and and you'll come out with something great because smart people produce great things. Um, yeah, that that's what I would do. But uh, uh, that's yeah, basically. Yeah, I have yet to go to a hacker house, but that sounds like a great plan. If you ever do that, you should definitely let me know because that sounds awesome. Um, but yeah, this is this is a really interesting conversation that we talked about building in public um, and like what you've been doing that encouraging more like people. Like taking this idea from just like building in public on Twitter and how that almost like seems to relate with this whole philosophy behind Web3. I thought that was really, really fascinating. Um, and I'm definitely more interested now after this conversation too. There's a lot to be done in this area and a lot of people who are working on um, cool things with this, with these new like ideas of like economy, um, like monetization, community, decentralization. Um, so yeah, thanks for thanks for talking a bit about um, your thoughts behind this space. You have a lot of really interesting ideas. Um, really like looking forward to like just seeing you around my Twitter feed more often and uh, these new things you're building as well. Yep, hopefully there'll be more. Um, yeah, I mean I'm I'm working actively in this space, so there might be a few interesting announcements in the next few months. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, we'll definitely keep I'll definitely keep looking out for that. Um, but yeah, thanks so much, Aryan, for coming on. Um, thank you for all the listeners for tuning in to this episode of Delta X Podcast, and we'll see you guys in the next one. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Delta X Podcast with Ellen Shu. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.